Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is The Mondo Solution with your host, Jordan McDonald, and the brilliant, the beautiful, the ever-impressive, Brandon Wood. What's up? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I love you. How are you doing today? Good. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great. Look, look, we made it. We made it to episode eight. We did. We're past the seven, the hump, the seven episode itch. We scratched it. We We scratched it so hard. Got some tenactin. It was tough acting. (laughs) (laughs) It's terrible. Oh, it's terrible, but it's not so terrible as yes. <laughs> our episode today, which we're speaking of uh, the history of Valentine's Day, right? Which there's so much cobbled yes. together on the inner tubes about this, right? Is it, does it have this violence, you know, mysterious origin, or is it some saintly thing that's going on out there? Yes. And how does this all relate to marketing? Because, how of course, that's our angle, right? Like, we're not just here to give you history, even though, you know, we are history buffs, right? We both yes. have our master's and PhDs and... Uh, totally. Player hating degrees. In player hating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and not history, yes. That's right. <laughs> but, you know, I figured, Brandon, if it's all right with you, I'll just get this kick started with uh, a bit of history Do that I, I cobbled together here from the uh, the mean cobblestone streets of the internet. <laughs> mean cobblestone streets. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, of course, in our in our podcast notes, I'll be referencing uh, the links that we are speaking to today. Uh, this history overview I put together from a history dot com video, um, so it must be right. Of course. Duh. History's in the name. (laughs) How could it not be? (laughs) So apparently we don't know the exact origins, uh, but we know it contains vestiges of the early Christian church and ancient Rome. uh, And apparently this association between mid-February and romance goes back to a pagan festival, uh, Lupercalia, uh, likely honoring either lupa the she-wolf of rome or um faunus they're the roman god of fertility so this pagan festival kind of went down like this it started with the good old traditional animal sacrifice like you do uh, and then the ritualistic slapping of young women with strips of said animals skin and blood to bestow fertility uh for only the next 364 days right that's how my wife got pregnant <laughs> TMI killed a squirrel and slapped her with it. Yeah, just kidding. None Was of it that ethical? Oh, okay, <laughs> still alive. That's how you know that didn't happen. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> taking uh, taking it back a few centuries uh, from that incident in the fifth century, uh, perhaps in an effort to Christianize this wildly pagan festival, um, Pope Gelasius the first declared that february 14th uh, be known as saint valentine's day so that's that's like that's kind of a high level but this is where it gets deep because apparently there are many uh, there's at least three valentines that are canonized uh in the catholic christian church uh and each one of them was martyred um so and at least two of them were beheaded so it yeah but for the one that most people agree on is the St. Valentine. Uh, this guy was a defiant Roman priest. And in the third 
third century he was living under claudius ii this guy he was really ambitious and he wanted to make sure that his men uh, were fighting fit and in his mind to be the best soldiers they had to be single or they had to be stripped of of their young families uh, or else they were uh, you know they were conflicted <laughs> i wonder why uh and so we have another word for that today <laughs> illegal uh, <laughs> uh anyway <laughs> so i do want to know what that word is but maybe we'll touch on that horny bro <laughs> randy <laughs> randy yeah i have a funny story about a guy i knew named randy who married a, a a british lady and her family was very confused by his name um Actually, that's pretty much the entire story. <laughs> I love but, it. <laughs> so, anyway, so uh, Claudius, he wanted to build this army that was the best fighting force, but it, they really just turned into being homesick and half-hearted battlers, if that's a word. Um, so, yeah, Claudius, he didn't like love. He wanted to stop it at all costs, and so he forbade marriage. Now, this defiant Roman priest, Valentine, he, he didn't like this. He's decided he was going to marry these young couples secretly, regardless of what Claudius said or did. Eventually, he was discovered, uh, and he was arrested and sentenced. But while he was in his jail cell, he fell in love with his jailer's daughter. Uh, and on the day of either his execution or his death or his burial, it's not exactly clear what day that was, but it was the 14th. Um, he wrote a letter and signed it to this lover from your Valentine. And so, allegedly, this is how the tradition was born. Now, mixed up in all of this is also Cupid, who started uh, as a Roman god of love. Uh, he became inspired by the image of cherubs for Christians, and now he's... He's not on every modern day Valentine's card, but there's a lot of Cupid going around, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, it you know, there's a lot of stats out there. It depends on what you read, but you know, today, and we'll get into this more, I'm sure, in our upcoming segment uh, about the historical timeline for marketing, uh, just as a, a prelude. But yeah, there's some over 180 million red roses purchased in America, 145 million Valentine's Day cards. 36 million heart-shaped boxes, hopefully filled with candy. Um, and it apparently is a $14 billion annual uh, revenue stream for uh, for businesses of all shapes and sizes awesome. uh, in America. So, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It's, it's very interesting. Yeah, they, you know, <clears throat> relative to Claudius wanting his army to be kind of tip-top shape, I mean, they're still boxers and fighters today that do not let's just say partake of the fleshly temptations fleshly write that down kids Cor corporal corporal carnal 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 yes. temptations remember when what was it who was it was it van halen that put out the name of that album for unlawful carnal knowledge which if you take the first letters of those words, spell something dirty. Anyway, <laughs> um, there are people that do, uh, they still to, will not do that because they feel like it takes their legs out, kind of reduces that drive, right? And it's not to say that they're not married and all those kind of things, but uh, yeah. And 
as Jordan and I were talking about before the show, there's also the St. Valentine's Day massacre in, mm. where was that? Chicago, I think. Um, <laughs> the surprise. Yeah, let's see. St. Valentine's Day massacre. Um, in brief, that was, uh, yeah, murder of seven members and associates of Chicago's North Side Gang in Chicago in uh, 1929. On February 14th, 1929. So they were just playing park. Then somebody came in, lined them up against the wall. They were dressed as police officers and uh, shot them up, shot them up with a Tommy gun. So mm-hmm. good times there. Good times were had by all. It's interesting. So, and I, I think we may cover this in some of what's upcoming because people do say oh this is a hallmark holiday and and you guys the reason we're recording this by the way so if you're watching this on youtube here's what's happening behind the scenes jordan's wearing a santa hat brandon is dressed in buffalo plaid which is good all year round um and the reason is because we're recording this right before christmas but you probably won't hear it till around valentine's day that's why we're talking about valentine's day but um in light of that we talk about and we look at all the time and we were all susceptible to it, the marketing behind holidays. And in fact, so I spent a good six months, um, in Japan in Osaka and it was right around Christmas time. Uh, I was there twice for three months and each time it's always very interesting because, uh, Japan, yes, there's a Christian community, um, but it's largely Shinto and Buddhist, um, or just kind of a religious, uh, and, but Christmas is enormous because it's a commercial holiday. It's purely commercial, except for obviously to the, the, the Christian communities there. Um, but it is very interesting about how you, if you see it in that context, it's purely commercial. It's pure marketing, but they still kind of go with all the, the tropes and things like that. You know, the, the elves and the reindeer and Santa and all this stuff, uh, so interestingly, when I was there, um, it's a longer story that I won't get into right now, but I used to be an opera singer. And so we did this show, um, and it was like a concert. It was like 30 minutes long, the entire, for a country that only celebrates Christian, uh, uh, Christmas in a, in a commercial way, the entire 30 minute show concert had all the songs were extraordinarily jesus centric it was weird to me because i and then and then i think we did like jingle bells <laughs> or we <laughs> no we wish you a merry christmas oh, there was nice. like it was so i was like wow wouldn't you go with the songs that are i mean it didn't matter to me but um yeah it was just very interesting that they would do that so <clears throat> valentine's day is actually a holiday yes the people that are gonna largely kind of uh, be able to take advantage, I guess, of that holiday are going to be like Hallmark, hence the kind of misnomer of Hallmark holiday. Um, but it really does come from somewhere. And it is always interesting to me, and we're going to get into kind of the timeline of Valentine's Day as it pertains to marketing here in a moment, is that, and Jordan, you and I were talking about this as well, it's like all of a sudden your news station or you'll hear a podcast and be like, did you guys know? that red wine is the best thing that you can drink you can brush your teeth with it chocolate it won't make you chubby just have a listen chocolate in moderation and by moderation we mean all you can eat this time of year out of a bar- <laughs> box shaped like a heart which is not actually the shape of a heart but it's like all of a sudden 
these things which the other 364 days out of the year were like oh my god why are you drinking so much red wine and eating so much chocolate <laughs> now at this time of year people are like let's do this it's weird how people use those the calendar to market but you should i guess and so it's interesting to me thoughts yeah actually i had a question for you well two questions do it. i'm gonna derail first of all that's do really it. called buffalo plaid i had no idea it's called buffalo plaid it, it how's that different than just like plaid I don't know. It's this particular <laughs> color pattern. I guess red, if red you're going to be correct, it would be called bison plaid. Bison. Because <laughs> <laughs> buffalo do not exist in America. Oh, any, Except for like zoos and stuff. Like they used to? No. No, never. Bi- okay. No, no. Buffalo is the thing that we think, of. you're a CU buff. Yeah. Which yeah. is a wild misnomer. <laughs> <laughs> buffalo exist in um, Asia and Africa. There are different types of buffalo. Buffalo do not exist in America. But because it's a similar looking animal (laughs) um, to those, even though when you look at them, they're not very similar looking, Mm. um, we call (laughs) bison buffalo for some odd reason. Interesting. Well, thank you for that digression. (laughs) I told you about wealth of unnecessary knowledge. I mean, right. If I talked to you, I would just have an infinity amount uh, an infinite amount of tabs open on my browser to, to research and cross check not that i debate but i need to, i need <laughs> to learn it. all right well, so okay bringing yeah, so this back plaid. in so, so oh whoa, 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 whoa. okay bison plaid got yes. it got it hot, hot and spicy no okay all right uh but for real so uh hallmark what do you know about hallmark uh i say i don't know much i in my mind i think of Hallmark as a corporate entity that makes paper goods, right? And most notably Hallmark cards, right? Yeah. Um, am I am I off base? Is there something more to this this that you know of? Um, that I'm I sure if know? we looked it up, there would be a lot more to it. Yeah. I, I don't know. No, I I I'd be very curious. I mean, the 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 history of kind of a a greeting card. I feel like we're going to spin off a history podcast at any moment. So <laughs> buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> I I think that the history and kind of the etymology of what we now just call a Hallmark holiday and Hallmark is a brand because Hallmark for some people, I mean, to me, it's a brand to a lot of people. It's um, there's a word for it where like Kleenex means tissue. Kleenex is actually yeah. a brand, right? There's a, I forget what the word for that is, but um, I think that Hallmark is like that. I don't know, but I know there's a deep and rich history of greeting cards. I mean, like I think we mentioned last week, the, even in Pompeii, which was in what the fifth century, I forget when that was. This Pliny the Pliny the Younger wrote a whole kind of like, because he was at Herculaneum or something like that across the water from Pompeii or from Vesuvius and watched all of that happen. Um, I believe. Anyway, there were <laughs> even in Pompeii there was graffiti and notes to people written on things and like pictures. And if you think about it those sorts of things where you're professing or stating something in a visual representation just on a wall is kind of a distant relative of something like a greeting card, I guess, or a, you know, whatever. Of course it was crass and probably written by some 15, 15 year old (laughs) Italian child. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, watch this guys. (laughs) Hold my Pellegrino. Well, it seems like, I mean, it's it's a lot easier to <laughs> take a can of spray paint and quicker than to be like you guys looking around the corner while I chisel this onto a wall. 
<laughs> all I picture is like this weird amalgam between Fred Flintstone and these guys. And remember, Fred, Fred Flintstone could his had that bird that would like type out really fast. It was like a <laughs> oh, yeah, pterodactyl had babies with a woodpecker. Oh man. Dude, Hanna-Barbera was on fire during the 60s. Let me tell you that. Hanna-Barbera. Oh, no. I'm a barbarian for saying that. (laughs) Yeah. How dare you? Uh, But no, that's a very long-winded way of saying, no, I have no idea about the history of (laughs) all Well, I like it. Well, well, thank you. You know, we we hear, as you said, Hallmark holidays, right? Like it's, I don't know. There's more there. We should probably make an episode about that at some point with the marketing angle built in. Yeah. Well, um, to bring this back uh, yes, to a place of, of centered, I don't know. I know you had found this beautiful uh, timeline of Valentine's Day marketing. Yep. Um, did you want to start this off? Yeah, let's. So I think that we can kind of talk through each one of these. This is an article actually on the HubSpot uh, blog, and it's it's a kind of a history of Valentine's Day, but there's, there's a timeline that is specific, and the timeline of Valentine's Day we just covered is not from this article, but it they cover a lot of the same things. But the history, a brief timeline of Valentine's Day marketing is a second section in this, and it's very interesting. So um, we'll kind of go each over each one of these things, and I'm sure we'll have much to say about it, as we are wont to do. So number one, in 1714, Charles II of Sweden begins communicating with flowers by assigning a different message to each type. <clears throat> this tradition allegedly assigned love and romance to the red rose, setting the stage for this flower to be exchanged during the latter commercialized era of Valentine's Day. However, it remains unclear if a specific brand is responsible for first marketing flowers as a part of Valentine's Day gift giving. So my question to you is, Jordan, have you ever Mm. purchased roses on Valentine's Day? Absolutely. Absolutely. Have you ever purchased roses on not Valentine's Day? Absolutely. And Uh, what is the markup there? (laughs) (laughs) You you know, I have to preface this answer with the fact that um, I don't know the markup, but I do know that if I'm not purchasing roses in the past, if I didn't purchase roses on Valentine's Day, I was almost ubiquitously purchasing them inebriated. Um, <laughs> a, a, a spur of the moment. So I don't policy. really remember the pricing. Um, but <laughs> It's like, I want to say, and I could be wrong. I mean, I haven't purchased roses, I think, since last Valentine's Day. But roses, not Valentine's Day, are like, I don't know. Let's call it 15 bucks a dozen that you could get. Now they're not arranged. I'm just talking about like the cash and carry doesn't, you know, uh, maybe 20 bucks. And then at Valentine's day or thereabouts, that same dozen is like 200 bills. <laughs> oh man. Now I might be off on that pricing, but it's ridiculous. <laughs> like the increase, they're like, we got them now. Watch this. <laughs> I mean, it's smart. Can't hate on it, you know, but yeah. So uh, it's it, anyway. Yeah, that I was while you're reading um, the 1714 item, I was thinking about these farms that are purely dedicated to flowers in general, but perhaps right red roses specifically, mm-hmm. right? And you know, I I don't know the the logistics of growing red roses compared to say like chrysanthemums mm-hmm. or daisies, um, but 
it, it makes me wonder, right? Like, did whoever chose or whatever, however it came to be that red roses were the flower of choice, symbolic of Valentine's Day, um, it, you know, it created quite quite a legacy. <laughs> and And who knows how many flowers have been sacrificed that weren't red roses. They were allowed to become extinct because of the machinery uh, behind making red roses available all year round. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you that, so in Sweden's capital, where King Charles II is from, Sweden's capital of Stockholm and kind of Arctic Lap- Lapland, um, the average temperature for February 14th, or February more broadly, is 29 degrees Fahrenheit. What the hell flower is growing at 29 <laughs> degrees Fahrenheit? I'm just saying. Like, there's a practical element to that, right? Yeah. Oh, yes, exactly. There are evergreen plants, but they're not usually flowering in yes. that weather, right? I'm going to give my wife a juniper. I'm going to call it a day. <laughs> For those of you that can't actually see what Brandon's doing right now, he he's drinking out of the first different glass vessel I've seen him drink out of uh, on the history of this show. It's, he's almost always a, uh, I, I can't remember the name of that, that cup, but. This is a glass that is from Oscar Blues, which is a local brewery to where I am here in Longmont, Colorado. <laughs> and um, it's called Fugly. It is a beer that combines yuzu. I'm drinking water, just FYI. The cup <laughs> is just says these things for those people listening. It says yuzu, or it says super clear. It's like Crystal Pepsi. It's like crystal oh, beer. I miss Crystal um, Pepsi. It says it's a yuzu and ugly, U-G, or ugly. U-G-L-I. I didn't know that was a thing. Uh, Yuzu and Ugly Fruit IPA. This so. sounds like that that worn wear Patagonia stuff you were mentioning, the uh, yes. the recrafted collection. See, it's got a little pig that's, <laughs> that's ugly. A, that's a boar. That's, it is a boar, <laughs> which <laughs> can the, kill you. Like, <laughs> for, there's a huge prop. Ted Nugent started a boar. <laughs> man, we are far afield. Ted Nugent started a, a boar hunting from helicopter uh, program in Texas because they're so over so overrun and they use the meat from those to feed um, homeless uh, they send the meat to homeless shelters and food food banks and things like that sounds ethical it's good meat yeah it's good meat it's, it's and a, you get to shoot stuff gamey. from a helicopter <laughs> yeah. what could go wrong <laughs> not much <laughs> listen just don't have tusks and run and go <laughs> I thought it was just scissors, but I guess I'll add tusks yeah, to the you list. Know scissors. I mean, why not? <laughs> if you fall, the risks are just very high. Um, so yes, moving sir. on to the next one, right? So that's 1714. Yes, sir. Right. Now we'll move on uh, to the next item in the HubSpot timeline, which is 1822. Uh, and this one is a shorter one. You know, I, I like to take the easy ones. You know, it, it gives Brandon time to, to meditate and, and think. <laughs> in England, where Valentine's Day had by now already been celebrated with the exchange of gifts and cards for many years, the Cadbury Chocolate Company sells the first heart-shaped box of chocolates. Of course, so, we could probably go into an entire thing about where heart-shaped came yes. from. Uh, it is symmetrical. I don't know. Anyway, hey, that's another time. Well, oh, no. Oh, no. Is it oh, coming? Oh, I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> the heart shape that we know, it, it originated with a, a plant known as uh, sylphium. Um, <laughs> it's a species of kind of a giant uh, a giant fennel uh, on the North African coastline near Cyrene. You may have heard in the Bible, Simon of Cyrene. Um, 
Yeah. Anyway, it was used as a, a medicine flavoring spice. There's also plants that are called like bleeding hearts. We have some of these in our garden, uh, which my daughter, when she was two, and we first moved to Colorado, we went out to eat at this restaurant, Louisville, Colorado, not Louisville. I said what I said, um, called the Huckleberry. And they had this picture and it said bleeding hearts. And my daughter said, dad, look, bleeding farts. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Everybody. No. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, it's, it's curious. Um, anyway, that's why a heart is shaped the way that it is. I'm not quite sure how that got to be like, and and in fact, I mean, this could go, now we're going to have to spin off an anatomical podcast where we go, you know why that is, why (laughs) we feel with our heart. It's because there's this hit of like dopamine or whatever else is going to make your heart feel a certain way because we don't there's nothing feeling in here right it's not your brain <laughs> no it's like chemicals yeah it's yeah. weird right anyway uh, I, to, to bring this back to this point right Thank i mean it, it and it's still tangential but i'm going to give myself credit for kind of trying to bring this back to center yes boxes boxes how can how can a box by definition be anything other than like a rectangular prism um uh, like and okay i'll leave that there right yes. uh, I'll, I'll, I'll not die on that hill but i man to think about the effort that people had to go through these designers and craftsmen to make a heart-shaped box like and and this is not something that's i mean sure obviously somebody figured out how to mass produce such mm-hmm. a thing but that can't have been an easy endeavor hey, wait a second hold on so this is wrong so i'm on the james beard foundation we're about to derail even further. <laughs> Here's the deal. This is an incorrect point. So actually, in 1822, John Cadbury opened a tea and coffee shop in Birmingham, England. That's when he opened that. He soon, doesn't say when, expanded into chocolate manufacturing. And in 1861, his son Richard Cadbury mm. greatly increased sales by packaging Cadbury eggs or Cadbury chocolates rather in the world's first heart-shaped candy box for Valentine's day. So that is incorrect HubSpot. Yeah. By about four 40 years. Yeah, man. Come on. What are you Yikes. doing? Man, we should stop using HubSpot for every <coughs> podcast. I'm just kidding. Bush league. That's Bush. It's Bush league. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, in 1849 in Massachusetts, Howland, H-O-W-L-A-N-D, produces a dozen sample Valentine's Day cards and sends them off with her brother to distribute during a sales trip for their father's company. S-A, Howland and Sons. Uh, Hoping to earn $200. Ooh. Instead, he returns with 25 times that amount. For those following along, that's $50,000. Wait, no, $5,000. Jesus, Brandon. Um, (laughs) I was very impressed for a moment. Indicating (laughs) a much higher than expected demand. And then they show an example of a card Howland created about this time. Now, here's the thing. We talked about earlier, we kind of mentioned... um, chocolates and how it shows up on your news station they're like red wine is the greatest thing you can do if you have athlete's foot just stick your foot in a bowl of red wine you'll be fine but it always comes out around valentine's day right red wine and chocolates and other unhealthy crap and (laughs) and and roses they brighten up a room and they'll alleviate your depression in the middle of february good luck um so what's interesting to me though is that these cards effectively are nothing but a love card just timely 
right? So what they do, and, and you know, this is kind of part of a sales thing, is that if you don't establish urgency, we talked about the, the example of JCPenney a few episodes ago, where um, for those of you that may not have listened to it, A, go listen to it. B, um, when JCPenney, they decided we're not going to do any more sales any longer. We're just going to have the This is the scarcity price. marketing episode? That's correct. Scarcity uh. marketing. We're just going to have the best price all the time. You buy it whenever. Well, they eliminated any sense of urgency. And that was a not good thing because then it resulted in revenue just completely tanking. And so with this, what they've done is they've taken a love card that you could send any day of the week. I send them to Jordan all the time. And (laughs) I put a block. I mean, it's too much. They're coming snail mail, baby. Um, (laughs) They, uh, it's going, hey, you have to send this today because it's Valentine's Day. And it's a special day. And so I think that this is where kind of some of the cynicism around the Hallmark holiday, because why, why can't you tell somebody that you love them all the times of the year? And in fact, that's one of the marketing campuses. You're like, tell, tell her that you love her every day of the year, but especially this day, (laughs) (laughs) you know? Yeah. And don't forget. Yes. You can buy cards from us all the time. Look at look at the watch going back and forth as we hypnotize you. <laughs> so I, I find it very interesting um, that really that's what it is. It's just a love card. It's just got some urgency around it because it is on a specific day, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's that urgency and there's this collective conscious kind of like communal aspect to it where, mm-hmm. right. It, it, because it's so ingrained that you know everybody around the water cooler maybe not everybody but that conversation will come up around this time of year what did you get your significant other for valentine's day oh i haven't gotten anything or uh, it reminds me on college campus or i I don't know if this happened in high school maybe it did but you could you could like order roses to be delivered to your significant other during class people using them as fundraisers Mm -hmm. and they would say like a rose you know, oh, you get a rose for two dollars or whatever it is. Yeah, that sounds cheap. It does, especially <laughs> for the markup. But they bought them the day before. To be fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah. after that, after this, sorry. If you did, you have something else no, there? Go for okay. it. Okay. All right then. Um, maybe maybe I'll do a twofer here. So following that 1849, uh, where S.A. Howland and Sons were very surprised by their ROI. Uh, doing something that uh, their daughter just decided to try on a whim. In 1850, the first print advertisement for the same company, for Howland's Cards, appears uh, in the Worcester Spy. Did I say that? I, I really no. thought about that before. Oh, no. So I w- it's in Massachusetts, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yes. Yep. So it's pronounced Worcester. 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 No, ah. Ah, Ah, like somebody smacking your tongue with a meat tenderizer. Wusta. Wusta. <laughs> ah, that hurts. So it's, like, it's like somebody trying to say rooster, but they messed up. No, it's rooster. Wusta. <laughs> Wusta. I'm telling oh, you. Well, I think you should at least give me some credit because I was wanting to say Worcester. Worcester? <laughs> Worcestershire sauce? <laughs> yeah. Worcestershire. Worcestershire. Worcester. 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 Worc
Worcester. telling you but people listening to this from boston with their i mean they're, this is just going to be such a popular podcast they're clearly <laughs> going to be seven or eighteen thousand people listening to it in the greater boston area please respond <laughs> with your audio clips of you saying worcester the proper way we will create an instagram reel with a compilation of those just for you guys so are you alleging that this word is pronounced correctly but differently outside of the massachusetts area like somewhere in england uh, i have no idea i just know that in <laughs> new england it's pronounced horribly incorrectly but it is correct for the area like p-e-a-b-o-d-y do you know that can you say that word p-p-a-b what p-e-a-b-o-d-y oh yeah the body peabody <laughs> oh no <laughs> and how about Pe- this word q-u-i-n-c-y keens no quincy is what i would say but i would say quince oh why there's why they pronounce it quincy with a z Uh, which is very odd i'm intentionally trying to mispronounce these words hoping i get it right in your eyes q-i-n-c-y uh automobile no (laughs) (laughs) ding 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 ding. (laughs) nailed it okay sorry <laughs> yes I, okay I'm, I'm leading us a field yeah okay. no it's Again. all so 1849 yeah the the howland company they've they strike a nerve right they yes. they they find that this is way more popular than anybody was expecting so the following year they decide to start taking print advertisements out uh celebrating the thing which yeah. is uh, yeah it's a quick turnaround in those days indeed i love it so you want to do the next one since you're doing it yeah sure go for it yeah oh yeah absolutely and following that up we're going to jump ahead 16 years into 1866 uh conversation candies are developed when daniel chase brother of new england confectionery company neco if you've ever seen that n-e-c-c-o i didn't know that's what it stood for um uh founder so daniel chase brother of neco founder oliver chase uh, uses vegetable dye to print words onto confections for the first time. So that's how we get those little candy hearts that say, time to dance. I've never seen that one. Adore me. I love you. Be mine. And boogie. Yeah, now yeah. they say things like, let's text. <laughs> no. Oh, you've have you seen some? Yes. Have you had I'm, a recent copy? Oh, I'm dead serious. Like, look. So, mo- hold on. Modern uh, <laughs> conversation hearts. I didn't realize they were called conversation candies. Yeah, dude. And they are made out of 100 uh, percent fifth grade chalk. Is what? <laughs> just saying. What? I don't know what that means. The joke went over my head. They're super I, chalky. Yeah. That's all fifth grade chalk, bro. Yeah, yeah. Is that a brand? No. That, it's just that's, chalk. No, just chalk. Okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> now, here, let's see. There's one, okay, 22 or So there's way to go um, <laughs> with a number two. This is from the 2022 Words of Encouragement. This is according to Reader's <laughs> Digest. Crush it. Proud of you. Don't quit. Could you, what the hell are these words of encouragement? No. Yeah, yeah. There's like affirmations. See, like, yeah, I want to see like the, yeah, the loved ones here. Yeah, the th- okay, so the throwbacks, 2020, yeah. heart of gold, three wishes, all mine, angel, ask me, charm me, mm. QT, pie, you know, with the Q and the T. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, it's interesting. The kind of Reader's Digest has broken them down by year. Like 2021, love songs. There's one that says <laughs> baby love, 1,000 years, 10,000 hours. Just adding zeros to that just to see what happens. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, here's one. 20, 100 best conversations. Yes, sir. No, sorry. There's one that says tweet me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what? Tweet me. Tweet. tweet me, you know. So I... Yeah, I they, thought they were supposed s- to say kiss me or call me or... Yeah. Love you. And now they've like jumped the shark completely. This one says like love shack, which if I'm not mistaken is a song by the B 52s is all about a big old orgy shack in the woods in Georgia. So, (laughs) so I feel like that's sending an interesting message. It is, but you have to make sure you have a Chrysler that seats about 20, about 20. I mean, give or take like 19, (laughs) 18 really depends on the size of the people. And who's bringing a jukebox? Like what? It's got a big trunk in that Chrysler, (laughs) (laughs) but like 20 people, there's at least five in the trunk. I mean, realize it's a modern day car. Now you just bring a Bluetooth speaker in your phone and you're fine. (laughs) You can fit at least two more people, make it 21. (laughs) Yeah. Therefore it's still about 20. (laughs) 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 All right. So in 1870, Howland incorporates her booming car business as the New England Valentine Company, operating out of her home via an assembly line that was largely comprised of her friends. She did that in an <laughs> office beside Sense by Jan. Just kidding. That was a, <laughs> an office uh, sense, Oh, oh I, I, I didn't get it, but I was imagining all these people working very hard and it didn't smell very good. You didn't get it? Have you watched The Office? I haven't seen every episode. Oh. It's like asking me about Simpsons episodes Bro, or so Futurama. Simpsons has or... been on for like 20 some years. The Office <laughs> was a brilliant run of nine seasons. And there's one season where they go to his house and Jan is now living with Michael and <clears throat> she's making candles in one of their spare bedrooms. And it's called Sense by Jan. <laughs> Just saying. Um, yeah. So it seems like the Howland thing. <clears throat> yeah. I I'm sure that Hallmark is in here, but I wonder if Howland like sold out to Hallmark. Yeah. Hallmark doesn't show up until, uh, 1910 in this. That's wild. I mean, it's only 40 years hence from their timeline at current. Yes. Yeah. Um, all right. I'm going to do a twofer. So in 1879, the new England Valentine company, formerly known as Howland and sons, ironically not ran by a son at all, um, moves operation from Howland's home to a main street factory in Worcester, Massachusetts. (laughs) That same year, the company put, uh, publishes the Valentine verse book, which contained 131 verses that people could cut out and paste inside of cards that came with a greeting or those with a greeting uh, that the buyer didn't like, such <laughs> as there once was a man from Nantucket. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't even have to write out the message anymore. You just have to have a pair of scissors or tusks. Well, I mean, but think about it. Like, yes, you have to have a pair of scissors and you're doing whatever, but it's still, f- it's it's weird in our current day and age because when I can send, if you and I are having a conversation about something, I can send you a GIF which is the proper pronunciation of that word. Correct. Because GIF is peanut butter and the G in GIF literally stands for graphic. Um, You can send a GIF that is none of your creation whatsoever. You are just giving it context or or giving the conversation context with the GIF, I guess, or, or the opposite. So it's not unlike that, I suppose, you know? I do want to call out in this article, oh, in this in this um, entry, mm. cut and paste inside the card, right? Like, oh, look at that! Right, you're, you're cutting 
but you're you know you're actually taking some sort of adhesive or Elmer's glue. I don't know what they had back then, but Horse I mean hose. I have to imagine that's what they meant, right? Yes. They just By lick, paste. They just had like a cow lick it. That's where the word cow lick comes from. Because they didn't want Santa didn't want to lick all the envelopes himself. No, because if you had a piece of hair standing it up, you get a cow to lick it and it would stay down. <laughs> that's so interesting because I, don't think that's I, I feel like I've uh, well oh man you see because I've heard people use that in the opposite way you know right they have a cow lick and that that means their hair is standing up yeah it, it, or so maybe that's like where a cow licked you I'm wondering if it's <laughs> like what it's become from because like a cowl is also it's not like an expression no like a cow oh yeah look uh the term cow lick dates from... I bet you guys didn't know you were going to learn so much useless crap. <laughs> dates from the late yeah. 16th century when physician Richard Haydock uh, used it in his translation of Gianpaolo Lomazzo, the locks <laughs> or plain feeks of hair called cow licks are made turning upward. So I don't know if it has anything to do with the cowl, which I'm I'm pretty like a baby if you search for baby and cowl. Um it's like kind of like a, a modified hoodie well, a scarf situation. So it's a membrane covering a baby's um, oh. neck and face. So you can see babies that are born like with a cowl. Um, it looks like they're still inside the amniotic sac. It's wild looking. Oh, I'm just telling you. So <laughs> look that up if you guys want to be disturbed like crazy. Use, oh, cowl, C-A-U-L. Um, yeah, if you just look up. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah. Like, it's holy flower. Okay. Yes. If you look it up. Uh, oh. <laughs> you did it, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, oh, God. It's like, it yeah, reminds yeah. me of those, like, those heads that people used to collect in jars. Yes, but it's a baby. <laughs> it, yeah, it looks. Yeah. So. Yes. Okay. Anyway. God, man. Don't look it up. Don't look it up. Or do. <laughs> don't, look, don't, don't look it up. How do we get there from Calix from cards? Well, it's today's sponsor. Oh, the Calix company. <laughs> <laughs> from Worcester. <laughs> or Gloucester. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You just cut and paste it into your I greeting like, cards. Yeah. All right. Your turn. Go for Moving it. Moving on. So, <laughs> amazingly, right. Okay. So, Howland. Uh, the daughter has taken this and just run with it. And then by 1880, Howland uh, goes ahead and sells the New England Valentine Company to the George C. Whitney Company, arguably a much less interesting name for a company. Much less. Um, seems much more diverse. And seven years later, uh, this company, Whitney, has acquired at least 10 competitors, uh, including Berlin and Jones, which had become New York City's largest manufacturer of Valentine's. Nice. Ten years later, so in 1898, the company moved uh, to a large-scale headquarters on Worcester's Union Street. So it's like they're they're bringing it full circle. Yes. Um, but, yeah, so it sounds like there's a lot of... Uh, mergers and acquisitions and uh, conglomeration taking place in the Valentine space over the course of what, like 15, 20 years uh, in the late 1800s. Well, and I think it's one of those things that again, from a sales perspective, like it's why me, why me now? Well, why you is because you're in a relationship uh, ostensibly, or you want to share your love with somebody. Why me now? You, they're establishing a date which creates urgency. So it's kind of a brilliant 
I mean, it is definitely, again, this is kind of the cynical side, a brilliant sales play. Um, and that does speak into, and I'll kind of tease this one, in one of our upcoming episodes, we're going to be talking about the urgency and what scheduling of some marketing assets looks like. Because even with things like, well, when do I put out a tweet to get the most impact or Instagram post or Facebook or whatever it is, there are metrics that tell us what those things are. And so in this case, um, it's it's kind of a brilliant model, right? You've got this holiday that really doesn't belong to anybody in the way that um, Veterans Day belongs to veterans, right? I mean, uh, 4th of July belongs to Americans very specifically, but this is kind of a global thing that knows no owner. It's not really branded, so really anyone can take advantage of it. So it's kind of like a weird gold rush of sorts, you know? Yeah, yeah, it... And that made me wonder when, right, Gold Rush, kind of an international thing. You know, when I looked it up, it was like the people that celebrated today, uh, countries US, UK, Australia, Argentina, France, Mexico, it, uh, and South Korea. Um, it, it, you know, some of those, yeah, I don't know. Some of those countries are not connected, right? Argentina, that just seems like, uh, yeah. uh, so it's interesting. It's definitely a global phenomenon. Um, I don't think it's appeared in our timeline yet, but I was, uh, I'm trying to figure out when the first day it was like a, a calendar date, uh, uh, an official U S holiday. I'm, I'm wondering when that was. I, I, good call. I haven't found it yet. I'm curious um, maybe it's too. later in our, well, uh, it's also, I would imagine Argentina. I wonder if that were post 1945 because Mm. let's mm. just say there's a heavy German influx around that time. <laughs> yeah, but it didn't say the Germans were celebrating. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Just the French. Maybe the French went there looking. It's the Vichy the French. They're Vichy, a bunch of Nazis yeah. anyway. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> Literally. I'm just saying, <laughs> look up Vichy France. Yes. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's curious, but I th- again, and Kim Jong-un, huge. It only says South Korea, but that dude, it's Valentine's all year <laughs> round up there. <laughs> Gosh. Sorry. He's going to well, drop a nuke on me. <laughs> um, uh, uh, I'm not, yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, I recommend? So oh, wait. Okay. In 1894, the Hershey Chocolate Company is founded, bringing what was previously a European luxury product half as good to the United States <laughs> <laughs> as it goes. Yeah. I look, I'm not, I've never been to Hershey, <coughs> excuse me, Pennsylvania, but from what I understand, the whole town smells like chocolate, like all the time. Pretty sure. Is that good? I don't know, man. I got to be honest <laughs> with you on the one hand. I wonder if you can gain weight from the air on the <laughs> other hand, sure. <laughs> You know, when you smell something all the time, there's an element of it kind of making you sick. Like, not sick, sick, but like, oh, I don't want to... I, 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 I smell it so much, I'm not really interested. I wonder if it would have kind of a mm. an a anti-effect. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Know. Or you just don't smell it anymore. Yeah. Until you leave the, the, you know, the region. Right. Yeah. Anyway, interesting. Mm, yeah. It's a desensitizing effect. Yes. That's okay. Uh, 1902, conversation candies become heart-shaped. Um, what took them so long? Well, they were because making chalk boxes. is round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> they're just slicing it up to begin with i actually yeah. like necro wafers I, I yes it's not my go-to but i don't mind it i'm not like because there's some people that are like this is terrible like people that hate candy corn yeah like, oh, okay yeah necro wafers is above candy corn for me because there can be nothing below candy corn you are incorrect sir <laughs> listen listen <laughs> candy corn is made with honey therefore it's uh really delicious and good for you <laughs> mm, mm, yes yeah i love mm-hmm. candy corn burt's bees burt's first bees honey burt's bees branded candy corn that's what they're <laughs> branded with bees? messages on it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> branded bees conversation candies yes what shape are they going to be Brett, well Honeycomb. if it were brandon's beast conversation each candy piece of candy corn would have a useless fact on it <laughs> <laughs> so it'd be a lot uh, one plus one doesn't equal two that's right that's right <clears throat> um and then i'm gonna do a three for because all three of these oh. are short ones um american greetings in 1906 american greetings is founded eventually becoming one of whitney's chief competitors and they're still around today and there's this little ad in this that says american uh greeting valentine's cards straight to the heart and it looks the same way a cigarette ad would look circa 1906 interesting huh absolutely you know this this ad um not that not that we're sharing our screen or anything so nobody nobody's seeing this except us Mm -hmm. but uh but absolutely so it has elements of right the cherub the cupid right there's an arrow stuck in a large heart uh, in the background but it's is this creature androgynous it's a patriotic cherub patriotic because look it's got like stars and stripes sort of and then it's got wings yes and uh i don't know i i i it's it's a zygote let's call it (laughs) (laughs) it hasn't determined yet okay i can't tell i would i mean it's so like cute and precious i would assume it's a girl because yeah that's what girls are made with sugar and spice and everything nice but not little boys (laughs) you're trying to make up for the squirrel like that ritual that you had earlier yeah it's not so much a ritual as a (laughs) one-off well yes fast forwarding one year in 1907 wait I'm not, you didn't already say this one, right? No. The 1907, the Hershey Chocolate Company introduces its Hershey Kisses candy product. Interestingly enough, the product was allegedly named Kisses because whenever a piece of chocolate was dropped on the conveyor belt at the Hershey factory, it sounded like a kiss. Really? This sounds like baloney. And yes, my 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 wiener has a first name. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Wait. <laughs> I, I don't know where like I was a going fact with that. Too personal for this. <laughs> <laughs> We've gone in a different direction here. <laughs> I have another uh, idea for another <laughs> spinoff podcast here. <laughs> <laughs> FYI, everybody, we've not been drinking. <laughs> no, no, I, I haven't had a drink in four hundred and forty-four days. Oh, there you go. Good job. Yeah, so that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that wasn't made up. It sounded good. Awesome. It sounded nice and made up. But uh, no. Yeah, no. Somehow completely sober for this podcast, as <laughs> usual. Um, yeah, interesting. I, somehow, I don't think it sounded like a kiss when it hit the conveyor belt. It, Maybe it's but, the thing it was dropping out of, yeah, like an extruder it's like or something? like a suction. Yeah. Yeah, I like extruder. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe it was the... 
at the end. <laughs> yeah. Everybody now, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Get with the picture. <laughs> and a year later, that January, 1910, a massive fire uh, destroyed much of the Whitney headquarters. Uh, however, most of the Valentine's Day products had already been shipped. Uh, so it had actually very, very little impact on that particular holiday, uh, it, much to the chagrin of the Hershey Candy Company. They were hoping that fire might, I, I'm, I'm obviously reading between the lines yeah, here, yeah. Um, but you know, Hershey was like, dang, that fire didn't knock him out. They're maybe one, they're obviously one of their competitors in this time frame. Yeah. Yeah. So keep going there's more below that because this is where things get really interesting i think yeah this is a very uh large advertisement here but i'll read the the bottom that same year in 1910 hallmark is founded meanwhile this 1910 also saw the creation of florists telegraph delivery today known as ftd i've i've not heard of that have you heard of that yeah oh okay maybe it's a worcester thing i don't know (laughs) which pioneered the remote ordering and delivery of flowers, providing a way to send them to faraway loved ones. Right. So in the same year, Whitney is undergoing a tumultuous situation. Somebody founds Hallmark. FTD is created and we still have, well, Howland's was sold to Whitney. Right. So it's, there's, there's much, there's much ado about love. Well, and, and so Hallmark was actually founded by a guy named JC Hall. Okay. Who was, pretty illiterate um i I don't want to say illiterate that's not true just didn't have a formal education um did you say pre-illiterate or pretty illiterate pretty Pretty, okay i was was wondering what pre-illiterate was (laughs) it's before you understand that you're illiterate (laughs) i can't read and i don't know why (laughs) sorry god um yeah (laughs) so um ftd i know about ftd and I could be very wrong on this. So the way that I understood it is that um, it was kind of a a sort of way of drop shipping flowers, sort of. So you could call a local florist to you. And as I understand it, you could buy like a dozen roses from them. But if there's a florist closer to the recipient they could then pass that order on to that closer florist. Um, and somehow, I don't know how the revenue breakdown would work after that, but it's actually really kind of a smart thing because it was, again, it's Genius. around 1910 and that same exact, I mean, we have drop ship stores all, all over the place today. You can, you can print a book, like essentially order on demand at Walmart or Walmart, Amazon. <clears throat> you go, Hey, I want to print this book. And they won't print it until it's been ordered and it's kind of like, and then they just ship it out of whatever the closest mm-hmm. facility is. Um, so it's very interesting. It's kind of a precursor to what we see today. And at this time, the time of this ad that we're seeing <clears throat> where it says Cupid wears seven, seven league boots. I don't know what the hell that has to do with this, but because um, it, it, they're, I think, you know, their, um, their emblem is Achilles right achilles or mercury <clears throat> mercury because he's got the wings on his feet you know yeah mm. mercury says it right there and at the time of this ad it doesn't say what year this ad was in um but this is an american greeting valentine's day ad they had eighteen thousand uh ftd and interflora members and i believe that interflora is kind of the international uh version of ftd so 
Oh, yeah, so just as some insight, the league it refers to what they used as the, the term of measurement. Uh, so so why uh, seven leagues like that seven league I, I i think it's alluding to the fact that they're very durable they can go seven leagues how far uh, is a league a league is allegedly 2.4 to 4.6 miles so wait a second so they don't <laughs> oh. they don't go very far <laughs> so when jules Verne wrote twenty thousand leagues under the sea he was saying because we have to go twenty thousand leagues not down into the sea but travel for a distance of twenty thousand leagues under the sea that's my understanding sure yes i don't feel like that's relevant in the slightest but there we are (laughs) (laughs) seven league boots i don't know i guess for you know cupid he's got short legs so he's also flying why do you need boots (laughs) it gets cold man that's why they lasted that long he could add slippers he's got moon boots (laughs) um so in 1913 i don't know why it took him three years uh hallmark (laughs) produced their first valentine's day card and then yeah, what were they doing for three years I, planning yeah. <laughs> world yeah execution yes, they were getting domination. their website built <laughs> <laughs> yeah like by spiders by spy well at the time there was no internet so they had to invent that first uh, <laughs> um in 1948s so we're going to jump ahead like a bunch of years 35 years uh, the De Beers Diamond Company launches its A Diamond is Forever campaign, sending mm. the message that gifting high-end jewelry can be used as an expression of love. Now, I want to say something about this. I won't, I'm, I'm going to be wrong because I don't know enough about the history. Uh, we could certainly look it up, but one of the things that, <clears throat> or rather one of the companies that plays very, very well on scarcity marketing, as we talked about a few episodes ago, is De Beers. Um, diamonds are not, as I understand it, uh, and again, please feel free to check me on this, but as I understand it, diamonds aren't quite as rare as we th- think they are. I think what happens is De Beers and some like subsidiaries thereof tend to own some of the largest diamond mining facilities. And so basically they own the real estate so they have a they have a, a captive um market provider i guess and so as i think i recall they say let's say they've got a million diamonds sitting over here in this mine and we know we have probably based on statistics roughly this many diamonds in this particular mine a million diamonds well they're only going to release a hundred to keep the scarcity high so mm-hmm. um Again, I could be very wrong on all that, but I believe that De Beers is one of those companies that does very well with scarcity marketing. And again, this the scarcity of a diamond and the scarcity of Valentine's Day being that's one day out of every 365 go hand in hand to my mind. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and I think a big takeaway here is that if we want to start something like a holiday that's going to just be an animal when it comes to revenue, we have to get started early because it might take a few hundred years. Might. Yeah. A few thousand. <laughs> and a lot of heat and some <laughs> dead dinosaurs. <laughs> oh. Carbon. Yeah. You know, I saw this. I, I have to digress because I saw this bumper sticker on the road and I'm still not sure if I quite understand it. Uh, it went something like um, if history repeats itself, then I'm getting a dinosaur. 
you does that does that make sense no <laughs> I was very confused although birds are dinosaurs yeah if so yeah go get a bird <laughs> yeah. yeah i don't know right? i don't understand but history doesn't repeat itself it rhymes <laughs> yeah <laughs> just saying um, so yeah in 1985 yes, uh again we're jumping another you know 30 some 39 years mm-hmm. 37 years 38 years let's yeah. watch let everybody stare at jordan while he does math <laughs> i don't do math <laughs> uh, i'm gonna do it until brandon calls me out and then we'll just laugh 42, 86 no. 23 <laughs> that one yes yeah <laughs> in 1985 uh, well in the 1980s companies like hallmark began launching more valentine's day related commercials uh in 1985 one commercial which dubs hallmark as the valentine's store shows off all of the cards and hard-shaped products you can buy for your loved ones in their locations. Uh, there's a video here. You can watch it uh, from the link in the description. Uh, from the still, it looks like a bunch of people laughing and having a great time. I mean, it sounds like a, the, the default way to make a commercial, right? You know what I wonder? I, I guess as, as we're kind of talking about more, more about this, but like <clears throat> the draw of Valentine's Day, like how much is it about love and I mean, I, I guess these two things are kind of part and parcel of one another versus sentimentality. Like to me, you know, because they're different types of love, right? Like seven different types of love the Greeks had or something like that. Everything like from fraternal love to eros, which is more of a sexual love to things that are romantic love and, and, and paternal and things like that. <clears throat> um, I wonder how much of Valentine's day can kind of play into each of those things and how much it plays on our psyche as to how we view that day. Um, and again, I think it's kind of an excuse. You know, we, we kind of talk about it as like, Oh, it's this way for a a corporation to capitalize on not really a captive market, but the urgency of a particular day of the year, which it most certainly is simultaneous to that though. If you're a, a person guy or girl who is sitting there going, Oh, I never, you know, I forget anniversaries. I forget this thing, whatever it is. You've got Valentine's day and it's, and it's actually, it seems like a way to surreptitiously remind you to share with this person that you care about in whatever way that you care about them, whether it's from, for some people, again, kind of there's the, there's sexy sexual part to it. Some people, it is purely just like the, absolute affection for some people paternal and so on and so forth so it's interesting to me there's i feel like there's a psychological element to that and how people are marketed to you know and i guess companies like facebook and google and what have you they by way of data tracking are going to know some of those things about you so companies today could be serving ads based on more complete avatars of who they want to market which products to because you know somebody who's uh chances are i should say uh somebody who's a 21 year old guy or girl doesn't necessarily need to see an ad for something that is oh tell your you know your son or daughter that you love them this year i mean it might be but there's a pretty good chance that it's not so why spend money advertising to that person you know absolutely there's there's a a lot of ways to be very efficient (laughs) yep um with marketing with with more data uh but to your point and you probably already mentioned this (laughs) when you're able to 
you use the word like love mm-hmm. and which can really be defined, uh, you know, seven ways for the Greeks or the Romans, uh, but really in an, an infinite number of ways, right? Uh, out of the whole species of humans, there's probably a subsegment. There is a subsegment that does not believe in that word, or at least not in the way it's used colloquially. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it all plays, except for that subsegment, it all plays to the benefit of Valentine's product-related companies to be able to to define it in whatever way they want, right? It, it doesn't have to be, you know, it, it doesn't have to be about um, some sort of dyad, uh, male-female love. It, it, it can be, it can be also about friends, right? Yep. You know, I I think of, you know, I think of how it starts. Like I, I have some nieces, uh, and um, you know, it's it's not the time of year yet, but I remember when they were going through it. Um, last year, uh, obviously, we're, we're as we mentioned at the top, we're recording this um, here in December, but we'll probably release this around Valentine's Day, twenty twenty three. But you know, I, I can see there's very real emotions that come up, like oh, you know, they're kind of they're kind of checking all the other kids out, like oh, did somebody drop a Valentine's in that guy's box, or you know, or you know, why haven't I gotten a Valentine's Day from from my friend, uh, right? So it from a young age uh with or without commercials there seems to be a a um you know a seed that is being planted uh amongst the youth uh to to desire to to crave this 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 scarcity of course nobody wants it you know i'm i'm obviously generalizing but um generally speaking nobody wants their valentine's day inbox to be scarce right like yep. you want to have all the valentine's day cards you don't necessarily want to give out all the valentine's day cards yep. but yeah so there's a lot of play here to your point on psychology yeah absolutely it's very interesting i mean that's I, I feel like the psychology of of marketing and these sorts of things it's there's a lot to be had there because that's what that's what marketing is today is almost purely psychology i mean it's very interesting uh 1986 as if kisses weren't romantic enough based on their name hershey's enforced them uh, as a valentine's day staple with one slight design tweak the company began packaging kisses uh candies in pink and red foil specifically for valentine's day so it's a again they're creating this is what i'm talking about they're talking about they're creating urgency they go hey you get to have these pink and red foil hearts but only now who gives a crap it's foil bro <laughs> yeah you're not eating it but it's smart because people buy into that all the, it's like you know <laughs> i forget there's somewhere i said this <clears throat> if you ask somebody like hey you want to buy this t-shirt for this band you'd be like no i'll be okay i don't i don't really need it but if you're shooting it out of a cannon into an audience somebody will give up their firstborn <laughs> to get that freaking there was a whole girls gone wild was literally framed around showing your naked body for a freaking t-shirt and it's amazing and, and so there's scarcity right that's what it is it's an urgency and a need to buy now whatever that thing is and if you get it for free by showing off your tatas great but it's interesting how all these people play this. It's the same game. It's just dressed up differently. In this case, in pink and red foil. Absolutely. But yes, but the pig is the same. It's just the lipstick. Yeah. Right. Good call. I like it. 
<laughs> in 2004, as marketers continue to embrace new media, we saw an influx of high-quality and insanely high-budgeted commercials mark the holiday from the 80s until now. One of the most iconic and beautifully shot commercials. This is obviously not objective, right? <laughs> not I meant all. obviously not subjective. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a mini romance drama called Le Film promoting Chanel number five, not channel, not channel. I, I did do that correctly just for you. Chanel number five perfume in the ad, a man falls in love and runs away with a starlet played by Nicole Kidman. In the end, she returns back to her life of fame as she walks down the red carpet. He notes all the things he'll remember about her, including the smell of her Chanel number five perfume. I'm so moved. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I see those things everywhere. I don't, I, I'm sure that is, you know, again, in this case, Chanel is marking the holiday. I, I think those have become pretty ubiquitous in terms of all uh, scent, like uh, perfume and, and cologne ads and 99% of them make zero sense. <laughs> They're not supposed to make sense. I They're guess. supposed to play to your carnal well, then they're playing on labels, right? Like, I don't understand labels yeah. personally when, and we may have touched on this before, but like, why would anybody in their right mind buy a, uh, we talked about this, I feel like a, some sort of like really over the top shoe by Balmain or something like that, that's $1,500 that doesn't do anything. It's just, in, you, you know, Gucci will partner up with like Crocs dead serious and like put the shoe out and they'll be like oh it's a it's a special edition gucci and crocs collab for 600 bucks and like you got to be kidding me like who cares but does it like light up when you step no (laughs) there's there is actually a high-heeled crocs shoe but again they're creating kind of this you've got to have supreme is yeah really good at this supreme just partnered up with this company called backcountry access bca which does like avalanche safety gear and they partner with supreme to make an avalanche shovel and like charge more for it i was like this is the dumbest thing i've ever seen (laughs) but But it moves it moves units i guess it's weird i'll send it's stupid because it's a legit product because bca is super legit but like supreme come on bro um, 2005 Valentine's Day begins to go digital <clears throat> on February 14th, 2005, uh, YouTube, which originated as an online dating site. I did not know that. I did also did not know that. <laughs> I feel like we should have known. Holy that. cow. Are you kidding? Yeah. I thought that was a Photoshopped image okay. of, uh, can you YouTube. Make, can, I... can you write down a note? We got to look that up later. Yeah. I'm very I'll curious about that. Um, Help a spot maybe got trolled. Yeah. Uh, YouTube, which originated as an online dating site, makes its debut. Co-founder Steve Chen still credits its invention as the brainchild of, quote, three guys on Valentine's Day that had nothing to do. Okay. Well, <laughs> good times. Um, interesting. I'm Now I'm just kind of taken yeah. aback by YouTube being a dating. How does that work? Yeah. I mean, I remember the day I first saw YouTube. And it was like 2007 or 2008. Yeah. And it was not a dating site by then. No. Um, so. Weird. Yeah. All right. Go for it. Your turn. Yeah. In 2013, the ride sharing company Uber or Uber, 
rolls out Romance on Demand, allowing users to send flowers on Valentine's Day via the app. The initiative would continue to progress with on-demand skywriting becoming available the following year. I don't think they do that anymore, or maybe it's a very hyper-localized activity, but uh, that would be pretty cool to be able to to pay for skywriting via the Uber app. Hyper expensive. I feel like that would be taken advantage of very, very quickly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's see here. So 2016, NetBase, a social media analytics platform, released a Valentine's Day sentiment analysis uh, measuring how people engage with and discuss the holiday on social media. In total, it measured 9 million mentions of Valentine's Day with the vast majority of them mentioning a specific brand, Netflix. The top hashtag was Valentine's Day. I wonder why Netflix. Happy. Happy Valentine's Day. Oh, excuse me. Happy Valentine's Day. How you do just you? don't see the word happy. It's like uh, you're, you're ignorant. To it's it. like chocolate, being smelling chocolate and living in Hershey, Pennsylvania. I just don't smell you're desensitized. I'm too. I'm too cynical to be happy. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> Uh, uh, you're going to get some candy corn. I'm sure. I love candy corn. How dare you? Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I wonder why it was. I mean, there's this thing there put up here. It says, well, aren't you accurate today, Netflix? And it shows like a picture of horror movies. Yeah. Somebody is being filtered. Somebody via their Netflix account is being shown a category of horror movies on their Netflix homepage on Valentine's well, Day. But among the horror movies, if you look at the movies... It says horror movies. The titles are <laughs> Pride and Prejudice, Grease, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know that red wedding scene in Grease. <laughs> Meet My Valentine. I don't know what that other was. Something. Oh, The Wedding so, Date and Leap Year. Yeah. <laughs> so a little tongue in cheek, huh? Yeah, a little bit. So maybe it was that Netflix just had a bit of a hiccup. No. Very possible. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Go for it. In 2017, uh, well, in the earlier years of the Google Doodle, Google used Valentine's Day to spread awareness of a rare species. In 2017, a series of Google Doodles, shown in the days leading up to Valentine's Day, highlighted the stories of pangolins. Pangolins? Uh, the only mammal species with scales, as they give each other Valentine's Day gifts or serenade their mates. Here's one example, and the doodle has a pangolin that's strumming his or her guitar, and love notes, musical notes with heart-shaped bottom pieces are coming out uh, while at this point google didn't need to market themselves with doodles this shows an early example of a brand that used its platform to creatively market another cause on the holiday so, so yes pangolins pangolins which were rumored at one time to be the source of covid19 <laughs> i think that was not true um but anyway yeah they're a weird looking animal have you ever seen one for real <laughs> um no you should look it up not it's not irl it's pretty cool i i don't know man yeah. i gotta tell you i think there's very way cool. too much um i like it i like i think it's very cool to raise i guess awareness of a rare species the the pangolin i guess um but i it's weird to me when people kind of co-opt things for like some sort of virtue signal i mean you do you if that's important to you but like that's so obscure. If I were to see that, I would be like, oh, shit, they're talking about pangolins. Oh, I'm so now aware of them. Look how aware I am of a pangolin. I wouldn't think that. I'd be like, look, it's a little cute, cute lizard-looking <laughs> thing. It's adorable. Playing a ukulele. Yeah. So, 
I don't know. It's yeah. The, no, 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 I, I agree. And it's I not associated. I mean, it's, is it like a cupid penga, cupangolin? <laughs> not so much. Just saying. <laughs> it's like a pangolin with wings and a bow and arrow. Oh, yeah. It's just got a weird oh. face and scales. Cherub, cherub, bango. Bango. <laughs> a cher, cherub, chergolin. Chergolin. Uh, yes. <laughs> sounds like a body part. Um, dude, don't stop my chergolin. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're leaving it out. I know. Um, pull up your pant leg. In recent years, so this is 2018 to the present day, in recent years, Valentine's Day marketing campaigns have gone completely digital with a particularly strong presence on social media. With these new opportunities, smaller companies that don't have Hallmark's budget can easily spread awareness of their own brands during the holiday. Here's one example of an Instagram post which highlighted a fine Italian restaurant ahead of Valentine's Day. And there's what looks like a schnauzer and some sort of small maybe a cocker spaniel sort of like king charles cavalier spaniel yeah, or something king charles yeah something uh doing the uh lady the reenacting the, the scene yeah yeah kind of have pasta in their mouth they had to do that like super quick all right take a picture now guaranteed that noodle <laughs> is photoshopped in there and then in the yeah. next one because this is multiple <laughs> they're doing the when harry met sally um the climax of the restaurant i don't know what this other one is it's just some dude that smashed ice cream in his face and then just a girl and a guy hanging out cute um (laughs) they're kind of like summary of this and i'm very i'm very curious is it's like they say what marketers that's us can learn from valentine's day marketing like so many other holidays valentine's day has experienced a transition into pop culture that has shaped the way it's perceived discussed and celebrated sure it's often accused of being nothing more than a money-making marketing holiday. But next time you hear somebody label uh, Valentine's Day as a, quote, hallmark holiday, you have a wealth of historical information to respond with. So what's interesting, and this was originally posted in February 2017. Um, I do, like, there again, there's the cynical side of me, but at the end of the day, if you're a marketer, and let's face facts, we're marketers, um, there are a lot of companies that call themselves marketers that are kind of just sales forces. Um, <clears throat> when you approach these things, there's certainly at the end of the day, all marketing has a goal of revenue, right? And I guess, or, or brand awareness or brand awareness. But at the end of the day, what does brand awareness yeah. arrive at revenue, right? If you follow something far <laughs> enough, even in the case of like a nonprofit or a charity or what have you, it has to do with money coming in the door for, whether it's an altruistic reason or just, you know, something completely magnanimous like that, or it's something that um, is purely a money grab. At the end of the day, it's about money in the door because that's how we move things along. Um, I, I think that in my personal opinion, I think there's a cool, um, how would I say it? There's just so much more opportunity with really creative people being able to, talk about products how you can reach the heart of people and i think that if i'm being honest the play for brands or companies whether it's a service-based company or what have you to look forward to how they can capitalize for lack of a better word on that is to tie it into tie it into their caring and love for somebody because i mean honestly and some people you may disagree with me yourself jordan but like for some people 
you're let's say you're a couple you've been together for a long time and you go you know what we've been talking about and this is going to seem like a silly example but i very much mean this you know we've been paying more for our electrical bill so this year for valentine's day what i did was i had our central air unit updated it's going to increase our or it's going to decrease our electrical bill and it's going to increase our comfort inside the house and i did that for our family that to me <clears throat> and i'm kind of a sentimentality driven person on a lot of those things that to me is so compelling because it allows you to find myriad ways to be able to just show that sort of caring yeah there's a cynical part that goes well it's just a kind of a grab at money sure but i mean what better way to show something it doesn't have to be chocolates and candies those don't serve a long-term value for many people sometimes it can be something that you can walk away with i knew people I've known people, I had a girlfriend in high school. It's very nice. I have nothing against her, but she hated getting flowers because it was like, why? They're just going to die. Mm. I mean, thanks, but they're just going to, they're going to wind up in the garbage or in a landfill or compost or whatever. So I get it, but I think there's much more way to be creative and just take that opportunity to show somebody that you care and companies should be talking about that. You know, there's, there's almost always an angle with how you can utilize that sort of event uh, to your advantage as a business. Absolutely. And you bring up a number of great points there. Uh, and I just wanted to build upon that Please. briefly. And that's, yeah, I mean, you're speaking, you're speaking to a logical side of the human brain, right? When you, in your example of purchasing an updated uh, heating plant or air conditioning plant uh, for your home, right? That's, that's sharing love. I mean, sure. It's going to cost a little bit more sure. than, you know, a dozen roses, yeah. right? But it's, it's, it's sharing love with a larger number of people and it has a longer impact. It's all very logical. And from the perspective of a HVAC, um, you know, outfit, mm. right? Mm. It's a, it's a great way uh, to frame it. <clears throat> I will say this. Generally, I'm definitely an optimist when it comes to things like Valentine's Day. Yeah, it's, it's hard not for me to think of it as a cash grab, like holistically. Mm -hmm. That being said, um, when I think of holidays or however they became holidays, uh, holidays in general, Valentine's Day is really nice because it, it's focused on a positive uh, a positive feeling, right? And you may disagree with this, but um, in my mind, the root of all emotions is really like either love or fear, mm -hmm. uh, and and fear leads to hate and mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. But but it's it's great that we don't have a, a holiday that celebrates like fear. Uh, well, I guess you, you can you could argue Halloween uh, celebrates fear, but uh, but that being said, I, I think it's it's. I don't like Valentine's day on its face. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, I love giving people roses, but I think there's a great angle, uh, for any company to, to make use of, um, such a, a, a caring thing, yeah. right? Like you could spend that in so many ways and it's, it, it is really can be only a positive, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I'm with you. Um, <clears throat> even if it's kind of speaking to the, the contrarian, contrarians out there you go hey listen yeah we know it's valentine's day but you know what else it's going to be valentine's day for somebody that you care about in about 40 days 
or 50 days who cares why don't we talk all year round frankly there's you can play and again we're going to kind of speak to this um in another episode upcoming and and i will say we're going to speak to kind of the timeliness and when you post something is very important but then how you reach out to people what are those methodologies because if you just posting something on social media or what have you fine because that's where a lot of this communication is going to happen but you can also use things like mailing lists you can mail you can set those up as a way to capitalize on events like valentine's day to make them less cynical and help them define kind of the way how you want them to be seen i mean there steve jobs i'm I'm gonna mess this up because i forget the quote but somebody was asking steve jobs as i recall um, how do you know what people are going to like? And he was like, we'll tell them what to like. And it's as simple as that. And you could use that same sort of thing. Now, having the creative behind it, you really have to think about who your client is, right? Don't think about who you are. And that's that's a tricky thing because, you know, even us, Jordan and I, like even within this podcast series thus far, there have definitely been times where we've gone, oh, you know this, I mean, then we'll drop a bunch of industry jargon and probably 50% of the 8 million people listening to this. So at least 4 million of you guys out there are going, what the hell alphabet soup are these guys talking about? Because we're talking to each other and there's a pretty good chance that we we know what we're talking about. But that's a that's a big challenge when you're speaking to people, especially around Valentine's Day, Put yourself in the mind of the buyer, not of yourself, because that's tricky. Having that sort of uh, uh, almost kind of like internal awareness as it pertains to external reach, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Uh, and, and to build upon that, right, it, and this is going to come across as a total, you know, promo for, for Mondo. Do but, it. Right. It, the challenging thing is for any entity is uh, to your point sometimes you can be too close to your product or service um and sure you know who you want to market you know who you want to target in your marketing um but to to take your proximity and try to apply it to what you think your potential customers want to see or they'll be turned on by uh not in an erotic way uh depending on your company um it's it's very challenging and you often need a third party an entity that is nowhere near as you know proximal that i don't think that's a word but nowhere near as as close to your product as you are to help you achieve your end goal, right? Like even for Mondo, right? Even for us, sometimes we need sure we're constantly thinking we're doing our best to think outside the box, but it never hurts to have an, uh, another outsider's perspective on what you're doing to help you achieve those marketing goals. Yep. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I, I was, uh, I mean, we could tell a, a kind of like apocryphal examples of this all day long. I was talking to a woman today who owns a, kind of a med spa she's like a lot of not a med spa she does like laser skin treatments and things like this and we were talking about it. i was like you know the name of this product you know what it's called how do you know it is she so she does body sculpting or cold sculpting i think is what it's called and she was talking she's like how do i market this thing and i was like what are people going to search well they're going to search for cold sculpting or cool sculpting i was like are they are they going to search for that or are they going to search for body sculpting or are they going to search for how to get a thinner waist i'm 
spitballing right now, but right, like how are they going to, what are they going to look for? You know, business owner, exactly what that is. It's cold sculpting or whatever it's called. What is your client going to search for? Well, they're going to know. No, they're not. Stop making that assumption. And we had a great conversation about it because I was like, look, I'm a good person to talk to primarily because I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. And that's a good thing. I, I think that's why focus groups work. You go, well, we have a focus group for how for this ad campaign or what have you. Well, the focus group is they're not going out and finding people for your Italian restaurant. They're not going about and finding a bunch of people with Italian last names and going, these are the right people to talk to. <laughs> no, they want people that are a wide diversity of people who aren't going to bring, well, they're going to everybody bring some biases to the table with food, for instance. But you want people that are going to bring their own biases because they're a broad spectrum of biases to hopefully more accurately define who's going to search for you. Because if you're a good Italian restaurant in this example, trust me, there's a pretty good chance if you're a good Italian restaurant and in Colorado, that's challenging sometimes. <laughs> They're, you're going to be found by the people that are super like everybody with an eye on the last end of their name is going to be like, sweet, let's do this. So, <laughs> uh, you know, that's not your audience necessarily. I mean, yes, it is to a certain degree, but it's everybody else. How do you get those people in the door? They're going to be like, oh my God, I didn't have Italian food growing up because I, I grew up in Ireland. It was mostly potatoes and haggis or whatever. It's <laughs> <laughs> Scottish, I think. Um, you know, so that that's you just have to kind of consider who your audience is and how to reach the broadest possible spectrum of people i guess anyway i digress. absolutely that is that is well said and i think that really leads us right into the end of our episode today <sighs> oh my so God. record hour i know and a half. <laughs> for breaking records here i will say this cheers cheers thank you for listening uh be sure to share like and subscribe wherever you consume this content whether that's on youtube or your favorite uh podcasting platform i will say we do have the email for you today if you have any questions or comments or any suggestions on what we should talk about next time um you can hit us up at podcast at trimondo.com that's podcast at trimondo try is t-r-y uh, podcast at trimondo.com so thank you guys for listening again this is jordan with your beautiful brilliant intelligent co-host brandon thank brandon. you thank you jordan <laughs> awesome thank you guys for listening and until next time have a great day Peace.